For those of you who were not here last night, let me just uh, remind you of this special series that we're in. It's the Harry W. Dickerson Lecture Series on Pulpit Holiness Evangelism. Uh, this series of lectures was established in 1976 and was sponsored by the children of Reverend Harry W. Dickerson in honor of their father. Reverend Dickerson was an evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene for 50 years. And so we're so thankful uh, for the family support of this special week in the life of our college. Our speaker for this week is Dr. David W. Graves. He's a general superintendent in Church of the Nazarene, elected to the highest office of the, in the Church of the Nazarene at the General Assembly in 2009. At the time of his election, he was serving as the pastor of the College Church of the Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas. I've known David all of his life. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, and uh, uh, he is a tremendous, tremendous preacher of the Word of God. If you were here last night, you got a little taste of that. And uh, he, he serves now uh, on the Board of General Superintendents, but he's also currently the chairman of the Board of General Superintendents. And he's also uh, our jurisdictional general superintendent for Nazarene Bible College, as well as Nazarene Theological Seminary. Nazar Northwest Nazarene University and Mid-America Nazarene University. So he's a very, very busy man. And for him to give us this week, we're very grateful and thankful. And I know that you're going to enjoy his ministry to us tonight. He's a father of four children and ten grandchildren. And he announced last night that the 11th is on the way. Be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> No, it's an honor for me to have my brother here, and uh, you're going to enjoy his message tonight. I thought our guys did a good job last night, didn't you? And we appreciate Brian and, and the team coming together and, and playing, uh, and they're going to lead us again in worship tonight. Let's stand and have a word of prayer, and then we'll turn our hearts toward worship. Father, thank you for this gathering tonight. just want to thank you for such a beautiful day. It was a gift to us, and we thank you for that. We pray that in this service tonight, you will speak to us. Speak to us as we sing in praise to you, and as we hear from your word. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together. Well, good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful day today. And I uh, got to see a little of the sunshine. Of course, you get to see a lot of that here. But uh, what a beautiful day just to be in God's presence and serve Him. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to take them and turn with me to First uh, Thessalonians. If not, you can take a pew Bible. I think they're in the, the chair in front of you. And turn to page 1,170. 1,170 and like for you to follow along we'll be using uh, our Bibles tonight and to uh, follow some of this scripture it begins in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 beginning with verse 1 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 beginning with verse 1 finally brothers and sisters 
we instructed you how to live in order to please God as in fact you are living now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus that it is God's will that you let me go back it is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God and in that manner no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him the Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you for God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life therefore he who rejects this instruction does not reject man but God who gives you his Holy Spirit let's pray father in these next moments would you guide our thoughts would you speak to our hearts may we be open to receive the truth that you have for us and then may we be obedient to respond to whatever you say for us to do tonight and for all this Lord will give you honor and glory and praise for we ask it in Jesus name amen oh, well I've heard it said it's actually been said to me I've even said it I've said it to my children I've thought about saying it to my wife but then thought again I've honestly wanted to say it to my church members but paused and that's simply this will you please grow up <laughs> now you know why I've thought about saying it to my wife but didn't say it to my wife however I think it is vitally important whether we say it out loud or think it I think it's vitally important for us as Christians to grow up I think it's vitally important for us that uh, to understand that if we are making a commitment to Jesus Christ we are also making a commitment to grow in our spiritual life it's kind of like when you get married and some of you are about ready to do that it's more than just saying I do because then it becomes a lifetime of growing and developing in our relationship as husbands and wives and I think it's also important for us as Christians to honestly face where we are in our spiritual journey even daily of coming to the place where we honestly face the areas in our lives where we need the transforming power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives and as we spend time in the Word as we study for our classes as we study the Word as we pray and become more sensitive to God's presence in our daily lives the more open we should be to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and to grow us and to shape us and to form us and to grow us into his very likeness amen sounds logical doesn't it and as we do that as God's children we are called to live lives that are honoring to him that please him and what pleases God is for us to do his will would you agree with that and we've read in this passage of scripture that one way that we please God is to live 
holy lives. In fact, in verse 3, look what it says. It says for us, well, in verse 3 it says, it is God's will that you and I should be sanctified. Now the question is, well, what does that mean? What, what does it mean for us to be sanctified in the church of Nazarene? One of our articles of faith is we believe in entire sanctification. But the question is, what, what does that mean? Well, if you begin to look at the pages of the Bible, you see that first of all, sanctification means to separate, to be separate. We see that from the very beginning. Even in Genesis chapter 1, we see how God separated the light from the darkness, how God separated the sky from the waters, how God separated the land from the seas, and how God separated the day from the night. And you say, well, yeah, that's good. That's in nature. But later, God, even in Genesis, separated men from different groups we see that happen where God separated people and nations where he separated the, the family of Seth from the worldly race of Cain how he separated Noah and his family from the ungodly world around them and that came through the flood didn't it but how he separated Abraham from his idolatrous family and told him to leave and go to another land how God separated Israel from the surrounding nations and said I want you to be my separated people, my called out people. And we see that God did that in the pages of the Old Testament, but we also see that God in the pages of the New Covenant, the New Testament, that we as God's children are called to also live lives that are separate from the world. If you had your Bibles, you could turn to 2 Corinthians or you could look on the screen, either one. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look what Paul wrote here, beginning in verse 17. He said, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. He's quoting from the Old Testament where God says, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Then in chapter 7, verse 1, look what he says here. Since we have these promises, dear children, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. You see, God calls us as his children, as his sons and his daughters. He calls us out from the ungodly world that we are surrounded in. And he calls us away from unclean things, away from sin. He calls us to be willing to voluntarily purify ourselves, put off the things of this world, lay aside evil in our lives. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 7, verse 1, verse 7, it says this, chapter 4, verse 7, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. You see that? Verse 7 of chapter 4. That's what God's calling. It is God's will that we would be sanctified, but it is God's will that we would separate ourselves from the things of this world. We are called to separate ourselves from evil, not merely try to just gradually improve our unholy condition. 
He is calling us to literally say, look, I am done with the old way of life. I'm turning my back on the old way of life. The life of sin is selfishness and self-control. I am turning my back on that, and now I'm walking into a new life, a life that is pleasing to God, a life that is holy and acceptable to Him. He is calling us to turn, make that decisive decision to turn our back and to separate ourselves and move into this new life. Not a gradual progression. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, of a commercial. I, don't, I haven't seen it too much lately, but do you remember those commercials for nicotine patches? Shake your head if you know what I'm talking about, and then I'll go on. If not, I'll just have to explain. Okay, the nicotine patches. Do you know how nicotine patches work? They work where if you're trying to get off of smoking cigarettes, that you put on a patch, and at first it's, it's not that strong, and it gets some of the nicotine, you're still smoking. And say you smoke two packs a day, so you put a patch on, and with that patch you don't need as much of the nicotine, so now you only smoke a pack and a half. And then you get another patch after a week or so. It's a little stronger. So now you don't smoke two packs. Now you don't even have to smoke a pack and a half. You can get down to one pack a day, a week, a day. You're good. And then gradually the nicotine patches get stronger and stronger until now because of the nicotine patches, you're no longer having to smoke but one or two a day. And it's supposed to wean you off of the smoking habit. Some people think that being a Christian is kind of like that. You know where, boy, once I was a real good sinner, man. I sinned a hundred times a day in thought, word, and deed. Boo! I had a great time. But then I became a Christian, and guess what? Now I only sin 90 times a day. And then after I get a little more and a little more and follow him a little more and study hard and read the Bible, now I only have to sin 50 times a day until finally we get to the place where, you know what? I only sin 10 times a day. I'm really a good Christian now. I heard a preacher on television say this, that God did not call us to live a sinless life just to sin less. That's not what the Word is telling me here. The Word is telling me that we are to put away the old life and that we are to turn our back. Do you mean to say that I live a perfect life and I never sin again? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying your desire is to live a life totally surrendered to God. I enjoy playing golf. And I have to tell you, there's never been a time in my life playing golf where I have intentionally got up there on the tee box and says, you know what, I'm just going to hit this one in the water. <laughs> You know, this time, I'm, you know what? I'm going to hit this over the house into the next road. I've never done that. Every time I hit the ball, you know what my intent is? My intent to hit exactly where I want it to go. Does that mean that I do that every time? No, but my intention, my heart, my desire, my brother can tell you my desire is to hit it right where I want it to go. And that's the way it should be in our Christian lives. Our Christian life should not be, well, you know what? I'm just going to cut down on my sinning. I'm not going to look at as much pornography as I used to look at. Just a little, I'm just a less. And you know, eventually I won't have to watch hardly any of it. I don't have to 
to have those thoughts that I used to have. Just as not as many of them. No, we are called to leave that behind. We are called to separate ourselves from evil. We are called to give ourselves with the decisive separation from the old way of life. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 6. Look at what he said in Romans 6 verse 11. He said, in the same way, count yourself what? Dead. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. No, don't allow that to have control of your life anymore. You are to act as if you are dead to sin. You know, a good thing about a dead person is they don't have to worry about sin, do they? It's too late for them. And we are to die to that with our whole being. We are to say no to sin and to evil. And with a definitive act of our will, we are to renounce it completely. So the question comes to my mind tonight is have you done that? Have you made that conscious decision to say, God, I don't want to hit into the water anymore. I don't want to hit into the woods anymore. I don't want to live that life of sin anymore. I want to totally separate myself. I want to die to sin and self-control, and I want to give myself to you. I want to totally surrender everything to you. You see, because a separation is the first step in this life of sanctification, but the second step is that we have to also be willing to surrender ourselves. Same chapter of Romans, chapter 6, down in verse 11, it, verse 13, it says this, And do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You see, to live a sanctified life not only means you make a decisive separation. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going that way anymore. And then secondly, it means that we come to him and say, Lord, I am willing to surrender everything to you. Oh, every part of my life is a surrender. In fact, God, watch this. I offer myself to you as an instrument no longer of wickedness because I'm done with it. I now offer myself to you as an instrument of what? It's up there behind you. Of righteousness. I now offer myself as an instrument of righteousness so that, watch this, so that he may possess us Watch this. Let me give you this one first. It's not only a separation from sin, but it is also a separation and surrender to God. So that we come and we offer himself. See, I got behind here. So we can offer himself as instruments of righteousness so that he may possess us. Isn't that great? That he has every part of our lives. Have you given him 100%? Don't do this 80-20 stuff. That's no fun. Think about that. If you're, you're getting married, think about this, Kevin. If, if she says, you know what? I'm, I love you, but I'm only going to give you about 80% here. You know, 20%, it's for anybody else that wants it. <laughs> but 80% is for you. And that's not a good deal, is it? 
So we don't come to him and say, God, I'm gonna give you this part of my life and it's gonna be about 80% of my life, but this 20% I need to keep for myself. No, it's coming saying, I am willing to surrender every part of my life to you. My mind, my heart, my emotions, my will. I surrender everything to you so that he may possess us and so that he may prepare us, so that he may purify us. Because as we offer ourselves to him, he takes us the way we are. He possesses us, fills us with his spirit. He then prepares us, purifies and cleanses us. Isn't that great? What we can't do for ourselves, he does for us. And he takes all the scars and the messed up parts of our lives and the warts and the blemishes and you know what he then begins to shape us and purify us and transform us and molds us more and more into the image of his son Jesus Christ if we will be willing to say Lord I surrender everything to you Paul says in Romans 12 1 therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy and considering all he's done for us in this time of the year when we think what all he's done for us when he died on the cross for our sins when God's done all of this for us I I urge you to offer your body as a living sacrifice aren't you thankful he didn't say a dead sacrifice huh offer ourselves to him as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God for this is our spiritual act of worship let me ask you have you surrendered every part of your life to him your dreams your hopes your family your spouse your future I mean just be willing to take everything and lay it on the altar and say God I surrender everything to you I'm willing to be a living sacrifice to give you every part of my life. And you know the thing about that, that's something that we need to continually do. Because when I was first made this surrender to God, I didn't have a wife. So I got married, guess what I had to do? I had to surrender my wife. We didn't have any kids and then we had four kids and we had to surrender each one of them and then our kids grew up and that's a whole nother surrender and then they get married now I've had to surrender their spouses and then they have kids and it's but it's a constant surrender and you know what that's great there's nothing wrong with that we surrender ourselves and as we grow and develop and as our life changes it's constantly saying Lord you still have everything I surrender it to you. So it's coming to the place where we are saying, Lord, I want to separate, my, separate myself from the evil things of this world, from self-control, self-centeredness, sin, evil. I separate, I'm, in fact, I'm willing to die to sin and the control. And But then, oh Lord, I want to surrender myself to you where I'm willing to say, Lord, use me as an instrument of your righteousness, your righteousness and I surrender every part of my life as a living sacrifice. Now watch this, this is what's great. When we will do those two parts, you know what God will do? He'll come and he'll fill us with his Holy Spirit. 
and he'll strengthen us. Because the truth of the matter is, <laughs> there's still temptation out here, and we're going to need God's help to make that separation complete. Because the devil, he'll try to pull us back. He'll try to pull us back to the old way of thinking and living and our actions and attitudes. And so we need the Holy Spirit to make that separation complete. We need to also have the Holy Spirit's help to keep this surrender, a daily surrender to him. We need his Holy Spirit to empower and to strengthen us so that we can be that, well, all that he wants us to be, to fix our wills, to purify our hearts, to bring peace to our minds, to shed abroad his love in our hearts. We need his Holy Spirit to transform us and to shape us more and more into the likeness in the image of of Jesus Christ the truth of the matter is as we come to him and bring him our empty hands he cleanses them and he fills us with his Holy Spirit a, a writer named J. Sidlow Baxter wrote this and I don't think it's up here let me see yeah it might be up here. <laughs> you can tell I'm not used to doing this myself. No, it's not up here. So listen. Watch this. This is good. What I, what I give, God takes. What God takes, he cleanses. What he cleanses, he fills. And what he fills, he uses. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to come to the place in our life where you say, you know, I'm done with the old life. I'm done with sin. I'm done with self-control. I'm done with the past. I am willing to say, Lord... I will die to sin and self. That's the first step. But then we come and we say, but Lord, I offer myself to you. I surrender every part of my life. And I have to be honest with you, that's something that you might have to do many, many times down through your life. As things come up, it means new surrenders. New surrenders. And then as we surrender, what does he do? What we give, he takes. What he takes, he, he cleanses. What he cleanses, he fills with his Holy Spirit. And then what he fills, he begins to use. So the question I have for you tonight is, have you been sanctified? And if not... Guess what? You can be. You might say, well, I've heard about this stuff before, but I didn't quite understand what it meant. Hopefully you understand it tonight. And my question is, will you respond to it? Because this is God's will for you to be sanctified. And not only is it God's will, guess what? 
It's what he'll do for you tonight if you ask him. Will you stand with me? I'm, if, could we sing that Spirit of the Living God again if we have that? And as we sing this, I'm going to ask you, if you've never been sanctified, I'm going to invite you tonight to be sanctified. Maybe there's some of you here that say, you know, I, I think I have been, but boy, there's this temptation that keeps pulling at me. Tonight, you can have freedom from that. and You can once again say, Lord, I'm dying to sin. I'm dying to self. I, I give it to you again. I offer myself to you as an instrument of righteousness. Tonight, there might be some things you haven't totally surrendered, or maybe you have, but you've, you know, the thing about a living sacrifice is it has a tendency to get up off the altar. <laughs> It does. And sometimes we, even preparing for ministry, we have to once again say, Lord, I'm putting it back on the altar. I'm giving it to you. I keep picking it up. I don't know why I do that, but I do. But once again, Lord, I give it to you. It might be that you're here tonight and you say, I just need his strength. I need his spirit to fill me tonight, to empower me tonight. He'll do that as well. So whatever your need is, wherever you may be in your spiritual journey, this is God's will for you tonight to be sanctified. As we sing, the altars are open for you to come and seek him tonight. Let's sing it together. like to come and join your friends here around the altar feel free to come and slip out we'll pray together let's bow our heads father we just thank you so much tonight for the reality that your will for us is that we might be sanctified your will for us is not that we would struggle the rest of our lives and that we'd be up and down and up and down, always sometimes winning, sometimes losing. But your desire for us is that we might enjoy a life of total surrender to you. Lord, we are so thankful tonight that that which you have called us to do, you also provide and enable it to happen. You want us to be sanctified. And you have given us your Holy Spirit to convict us, to show us areas of our lives that we need to improve, areas of our lives where we need to surrender, areas of our lives where we need to dedicate totally to you. Lord, there are areas of our lives that you need us to walk away from and separate ourselves from. And we are so thankful, Lord, that your Holy Spirit shows us what needs to happen so that we might grow up in our faith, so that we might be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And so, Lord, we are so thankful for your Holy Spirit who is here tonight and speaking to the hearts and lives of those who are not only kneeling at the altar, but to those who are in the congregation tonight. And we pray that you might have your way and your will in each one of our hearts and lives tonight. Lord, I want you to know that once again, David Graves says, Lord, I surrender everything to you. And if there's anything in my life that is not surrendered to you, Holy Spirit, show me because I want everything to be yours. I want every part of my life to be totally surrendered to you. So Holy Spirit, as I walk through my life and as I do take care of the, the ministries and the business of my life, Lord, may you help me to be reminded to totally surrendering all to you. And then, Lord, I pray that we would 
all allow you to strengthen us, to purify us, to fill us, to empower us, to use us for your honor and your glory. And so tonight, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we have that as we give our best, you are going to take it, strengthen us, empower us, and use us for your honor and your glory. And so, Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks for your presence with us tonight and for your continued presence with us as we leave this place, as we go back to class, as we go through our, our schedule tomorrow. You are going to be with us to do your work in and through our lives. And for all this, Lord, we give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise. For we ask it in Jesus' precious, wonderful, and glorious name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in his peace. Amen.